Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right, welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. Before we get started today into this super fun podcast, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at the Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash the Viking Age. All right. So, unfortunately, the Vikings lost today 34-31 to in overtime to the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens, very good team with Lamar Jackson. Um, but the Vikings were up by 14 points two times during the game today, and they still found a way to lose. So here to help me recap... Today's action is Elliot Knopp from here at the Viking Age. Welcome back to the show, Elliot. Thank you. Really glad to be here because there was just so much out there that I think it's so clear what the team needs to do moving forward that it's nice to finally just get it out there and get it off of our chest. Yeah, there's um, it seems like there needs to be um, a lot of change moving forward. But we'll just, for now, we'll stick to this game. Um, and since the Vikings lost, usually on recaps we do positives and, and negatives. Since the Vikings lost, we have to start with the negatives. So, what what is one of the a negative that you had coming away from from this game? I know you probably have a few, but let's just start with one for now. <laughs> the number one that stands out to me, and not just in this game, but the game before as well, is the Vikings' willingness to take Justin Jefferson out of their offensive game plan Mm -hmm. to make it easier on the opposing defenses. Mm -hmm. Both games, Justin Jefferson has had six or less. Like I think it's been like targets or total touches. And if you're going to do that, then what's the point of even playing? Because you've just taken the number one weapon on both sides of the field out of the game. Like, Why do you do that to yourself? Yeah, he had that 50-yard touchdown on the first drive. And then I think I I just mm-hmm. uh, tweeted this out a little bit. He had two catches for like 19 yards after that. So just non-existent for the rest of the game. Um, and it's not like he wasn't open because there was multiple times where I saw him be open. And I don't care what people say like, oh, well, it's, so, it's, it's the NFL. People can, you know, get to the players real quick or not you well there's ways for Kirk to throw people open and and there's ways for Justin Jefferson to just go up and get the ball because you can get contested catches guys don't have to be completely wide open to get the ball and it just doesn't even feel like he's looking for you know someone like Justin Jefferson on the field like he like it's like he picks someone before the play even begins like okay I don't think Jefferson's gonna be open I don't think Thielen's gonna be open so I'm gonna go to Conklin 
or I'm going to go to CJ Ham, or, you know, somebody like that, um, or DD Westbrook. Um, and it's just, it's super frustrating when you're going against the Ravens defense, which coming into today ranked last in passing yards allowed and Justin Jefferson, then they hold Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, who had two catches for six yards today. They hold them both, you know, to under a hundred yards. Obviously Thielen was, Thielen was well under a hundred yards, but for those guys to not have big games against the league's worst pass defense, that's that goes on Quinn Kubiak's shoulders for not calling plays for, for these guys, even for KJ Osborne. Like he could have done some stuff too. And it goes on Kirk Cousins for not trying to get the ball downfield to these guys because on the first drive, he did. And guess what? It resulted in a touchdown. But for some reason, after that, he was like, oh, let's just, you know, I'll just give it to Conklin. I'll give it to him because I don't want to turn the ball over. When it's like, you're up 14, who cares if you turn the ball over and then, you know, they get conservative and they go three and out and the Ravens come back. Um, And it's been this way pretty much the entire season. I feel like, you know, Thielen and Jefferson have had a couple good games, but for the most part, they're starting to feel like they're ignored. And I'd, I don't know who to put most of the blame on because if you're Clint Kubiak, you've got to call plays for those guys. There's no way he's not calling plays for them. And then, you know, is it Kirk Cousins who's just like, no, nah, I'm just going to take the safer pass. Like, what? what is it? I, I don't know. I wish we knew more, but I don't, I don't think we'll probably ever find that out. What do you think? It is indicative of where the Vikings offensive mindset is at, though, because regardless of who you are as a coaching staff, one of the number one things you need to do is get the ball into your playmakers hands by manufacturing touches like they did. I think Jefferson had a rushing attempt earlier in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You find ways to get the ball into your playmakers hands and let them do some of the work, too, instead of trying to have these short little oh we'll throw beyond like before the sticks bubble screen you guys to make Tyler it's like no yeah get them out there downfield because those 50 50 balls are one highlight plays that everyone gets excited about reinvigorates your offense and they're also high percentage plays when you're in a one-on-one situation with one yeah. of the best deep threats in the nfl it's just it's absolutely insane to me how they haven't found a way to it's not even getting their wide receiver three involved at this point. It's how do you get your number one receiver <laughs> involved in the offense? Yeah. It's I, I, there's no way that this can stand. And it just shows that the, the offense needs to be completely redone at this point. And I'm trying to figure out what happened because I feel like at the beginning of the year, maybe the first two or three games, this wasn't a problem. Like Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen were getting targeted. The Vikings passing offense, I feel like was the offense in general was just was carrying the team, I feel like, or keeping them in games because they lost games still. But um, but then, like, I don't know if something happened where it, it's Zimmer who maybe is like, hey, I, you know, I don't want to take uh, as many risks as we, as we have because we lost those games to the Bengals and the, the Cardinals. Even though we scored a lot of points, we still lost. Um, and maybe he just wants to take the, the safer throws to keep them in the game, which is a okay strategy if you don't have the players but they have the weapons on offense they have Dalvin Cook they have Justin Jefferson they have Adam Thielen you know they got KJ Osborne now they got Kane Wangu uh mm-hmm. Wangu um and um you know looking you mentioned you know calling these plays for for getting getting the ball in your playmaker's hands Justin or not Justin Jefferson Dalvin Cook only had 20 touches again today 
he averaged over six yards a touch. Uh, he had that long, you know, 60-yard run early in the game. Uh, why is why are screen passes not being called for Dalvin Cook, but they're being called for Tyler Conklin? Uh, what what in the world? Why? I don't understand, like, how that's even an option. Like, to even to call Tyler Conklin a screen before Jefferson or Thielen or Didi Westbrook even. Like, why is Conklin even an option to call a screen pass? Like, what... Why is that even in your playbook? I think that's the, I think Dalvin Cook not getting the ball enough is probably one of my top negatives today because it seemed like last week he didn't get the ball. I think he had like under 20 touches. This week he's got 20 touches. And we all know in the past when he gets the ball a lot, the Vikings do well. And for some reason, they're just, they haven't been doing that. And Dalvin Cook hasn't been, he was hurt for a little bit, but he seems fine now. Um, so I don't know why they're doing yet doing that. Do you have any idea why Dalvin Cook isn't being involved? Because it doesn't seem like he's hurt. It just seems like the offense doesn't know what it's doing and it's not being run well. And everything that they're doing just isn't working. So yeah. they just they're in complete disarray. So that's led to like this, like today. They had 13 first downs the entire game. Baltimore had 36. It's just like, it's, I mean, yeah, it's crazy how many first downs that, that like, they're just not moving the ball. At and most all. of those like, were in the second half. Mm-hmm. The it's first half, the Vikings insane. defense did, they did well. They, and they then did they had well. to play the entire second half because the Vikings didn't want to stay on the field. It's right. just, it's, it's not fair to what the Vikings defense has done so far this season. They had a rough start. Yeah, they but for well. the offense to go out there and after an Anthony Barr, um, an Anthony Barr like turnover right there. That was just yeah. absolutely amazing to watch. Yeah. And then to go three and out. They do nothing. Yeah. You're you're killing that defense. You're killing that defense. And there's no way you're gonna win games if you're not doing something to help them out. And to your point of Dalvin Cook, yeah, just if you're going to do those short passes, get it to someone who can get behind those blocks or make plays out in the space instead of your tight end or your fourth string wide receiver. That's it. Yeah, he can get the ball five yards behind the line of scrimmage and turn it into a 20-yard gain. We've seen it, you know, tons of times. Why why is the ball not going in his hands? You just gave him an extension. Why are you paying him to, you know, not do anything for you? I, I just don't understand. Uh, How many times did you touch the ball again today? 20. 20. Did you know that in two games this season, Alexander Madison has over 30? Yeah. Did like, it make what? it make sense? I, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. Um, and he's another one. Like, I understand they're trying to get Madison the ball, but it seems like every time he gets the ball now with Cook back, it's just for like a negative gain or or not obviously not gain, but they get negative yards after it. And it's like I don't, we don't. This isn't gonna, this isn't helping anybody. Um, but moving on to another negative. Um, I just looking specifically at Kirk Cousins and just like when they're in third down and long. He doesn't even try and get the football past the sticks. Like, like he's like like we mentioned, like I mentioned before, like immediately before, like he even like looks down the field. It's like here's Tyler Conklin six yards down the field when it's like third and fifteen. It's like what 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 is that going to do? Like that's that's his. You might as well throw an incompletion because it's not it's not going to do anything. Um, and then like I'm I uh I think I wrote about this or tweeted about this or whatever today when it was third down and six or whatever in the second quarter dd westbrook's on the field but so are justin jefferson 
and Adam Thielen. And Kirk Cousins targets D.D. Westbrook. And what do you know? It's an incomplete pass. You've got Jefferson and Thielen on the field. Those are the guys you should be targeting on third down, not D.D. Westbrook. D.D. Westbrook should not get the ball on third down unless he's wide open past the sticks. Like, these are why are these why is this so hard? Kirk Cousins has been in the league for what almost 10 years and he's still oh, he loves to spread the ball around. Oh, great, but it's not helping anybody. Like, like what would their backup tight end have another catch today? CJ Ham, CJ Ham had a nice catch today. Okay, I won't, I won't rag on him today, but still, like, what, what, what are we doing? And, and I, I see like a lot of people saying, you know, this is Zim's fault, which you know, some of it is. This is. But I put a lot of blame on on Kirk. Like, for as much as the defense played bad in the second half, the offense only had seven points because Kanae Wongu had that that kickoff return touchdown. So it's not like the offense did anything well. They had a bunch of three and outs, which leads to the defense, you know, who's already tired. They can't catch their breath because they're just like, oh, 30 seconds later, you're back on the field. So as much as people like to blame Zimmer and the defense for giving up those points, that goes on the offense, too, for not getting anything done. Um yeah, that's just. I totally agree with yeah. you there because this is also the second consecutive game where Kirk Cousins has had less than 200 passing yards. Yeah. So he's clearly not reaching his maximum potential if we're going to be completely honest here yeah. or, and, and sugarcoat the crap out of it too. Cause it's just not, he's not out there looking like a $35 million quarterback, not taking yeah. risks like a $35 million quarterback. Like have Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs for their faults. They're taking risks though. So to not even yeah. go out there and say, you know what, I want to win and I'm willing to make myself look like an idiot once in a while if it means that we win games. We're not seeing that yeah. out there. He's look at, prote- look, he's sitting comfy up there. Look at Lamar Jackson. He had an interception. He had a fumble. He recovered the fumble, but you know, he had a bunch of plays where he probably is the first half he looked terrible. Um mm-hmm. and the second half he comes out and he looks like MVP. I so, think this is also his like twelfth game with a hundred rushing yards, which is like the most for a quarterback ever. Yeah. So it's obviously just out there showing that, yeah, he has the skills it takes to win, but he's also using those skills it takes to win. Kirk yeah. has an arm. Get the ball downfield. Now, here's the thing with the Ravens, too. Like, Lamar Jackson's basically their offense. So, you know, they don't really have a choice. I know they have Marquise Brown or, but, and um, Andrews, the tight end. But other than that, the offense is Lamar Jackson. So, they don't really have a choice. But at the same time, yeah, they, they utilize what he's good at, which is running the ball. And he uh, rises to the challenge. Yeah. That's the thing is if they're like, hey, we need to depend on you. And he does it. Oh, they went for a fourth down so many times today. So they have many faith times. in each other. They have faith in each other. It's just it's just showing all of the Vikings, like every suspicion you had, it's basically just in the spotlight right now. If you don't see it at this point, I don't know what else to tell you. And and I don't know your feelings on this, but or as far as like what you want them to do when bringing a new coach or whatever, like what kind of background you want them to have. But people keep saying, you know, what, you know, imagine Kirk Cousins in a, an offense with Sean McVay or an offense with Kyle Shanahan. Guess what? He was in an offense with, with Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. And they still didn't do that. He just still didn't do that great. And he was with Kevin Stefanski. So, like, these people that think automatically you get someone to come in here who's an offensive mind, he's, you know, this guru or whatever, and he's going to fix Kirk Cousins. No. He's not. Kirk Cousins is still going to throw passes to Tyler Conklin. He's still going to throw passes to CJ Ham. You know, this is a guy who's been in the league for almost 10 years. This is what he is. He's not going to magically discover, you know, how to look downfield uh, and find the guys that he should just 
in his 10th year. He's not, you know, it's not going to happen. Either he's got it or he doesn't. And he's a, he's an okay player. He's serv- he's a serviceable player. But right now, people are probably going to go crazy. But I wouldn't really, if I had to choose between Teddy Bridgewater and Kirk Cousins, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know who to pick because the benefit that each bring to your team doesn't really seem that big, like too big of a difference to me because Teddy's not going to put up his stats, but he's not going to turn the ball over and put you in terrible uh, situations. Kirk Cousins is going to put up nice stats, but he's not going to win games for you. So like to me, um, I really don't, I posed this question before we came on here on Twitter. Would you like to see Mike Zimmer get one more, one more chance at a season? Uh, without Kirk Cousins, or would you like Kirk Cousins to get another shot next season without Mike Zimmer? Do you have any uh, thoughts on that? The way we're looking at it right now, I'm going to have to say we're going to see a season of Kirk Cousins without Mike Zimmer is the way I'm looking at it. Because just with the contract implications and, you know, all signs are pointing towards Zimmer with this just inconsistent play on the field. You're going out there, you're looking great, and then you just put up a dud the next week. And then you follow it up with more. And it's just like, with all of these just constant disappointments, you need a major shakeup and you have Kirk for one more year. You're going to give the quarterback the play until you can find a better like passer because it's just foolish not to have a good succession plan. And that's, yeah, that's the way I'm seeing it. And that's kind of the way I'm looking at it too. If you're not going to have someone unlock this offense rather than have it suffocating out there every Sunday, it's time to get someone else who has a different vision for it. Do you go offense or do you go defense? Because right now the defense isn't looking too great either as far as a new coach is concerned. Well, the defense is on a bunch of one-year deals, right? Right, So that's something that we're looking at right as well. So it gives you more freedom to play with the defense as well. Look at it, rebuild it a little bit into what your scheme is. But the offensive pieces are there. It, it the the job is really easy. I think honestly, if you know what you want to do with an elite runner, right runner like Justin Jefferson, and obviously like great back, and like we know the team, we know the team, we know the talents there. Yeah. Someone can easily figure it out. Get Justin Jefferson, get Thielen to earn those hard yards underneath, and make it happen. So does, uh, does Kel- do you think having Kellen Mond on the bench does that become? Does that do you think that plays a factor in their decision? You know at the end of the season with, with who to keep if they keep one or the other or they, if they keep any at all. Because <laughs> we, we just don't know what he looks like, you know? Basically, yeah. And the fact that we haven't heard much from him doesn't really inspire. So yeah. I think if Mon doesn't make an impact and then I don't know. He, right now he's not a threat. Right now he's not a threat to anything. He hasn't shown anything that's like... I feel like he would throw the ball at Justin Jefferson though. Fair, but didn't he also have like preseason games to do that though? And it was kind no, of just no. I don't. I don't think did Jefferson even play in the preseason? I don't. I, well, not, I don't. not to Jefferson, but I mean, you can. I, I wanted to yeah, see yeah, yeah. some of his downfield yeah. throws, and yeah. I didn't really see much from that game aspect of his game. So, I mean, at least Kirk, we know can do stuff like that. It's just super inconsistent, right? Just so until we find a quarterback that can be more consistent and right now, have a really yeah. good level, like a like a nice high floor. That'd be fantastic, but Kirk Cousins right now might have one of the lowest floors in all of quarterback land. Right yeah, now. right now his play is reminding me like this is like 2016 Sam Bradford. We're like we know that you're capable of like so much more, and yet you continue to just check the ball down, or take sacks, or just just not make plays. And it's just like 
what's going on? Like, what are you scared? Are you getting like too much pressure? Because it didn't. They got pressure today. The Ravens got pressure, but it didn't seem like it was all day, all day long. He had plenty. I don't think the Ravens had a sack today. I think the Vikings had three. Yeah. So Kirk Cousins was pretty much kept clean the game. Yeah, they might have had one. Um, but yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a lot. It wasn't like you know last week against the Cowboys. Yeah, the Ravens did not have a sack. They kept them um, clean. So there you go. The, the, there's pressures too. Um, those sometimes matter more than than sacks. But yeah, they didn't have a sack. Um, you know what we didn't hear about today? We can we can kind of get in the positives a little bit because we just been that would be nice. That would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't hear about Mason Cole, which I think is good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, his stocks definitely went up like that. Just knowing that fans can find comfort in the fact that it doesn't get worse than Bradbury. It can only get better from here. Yeah, and well, and Mason Cole coming into today, like you look at all the whether I don't know how much weight you or any other people put into this, but like PFF grades and stuff, because they're usually they're typically like the only people that kind of rate offensive linemen that people kind of take seriously. Um, Mason Cole was graded, I think, pretty evenly or slightly worse than Garrett Bradbury coming into today, and we didn't hear anything about him as far as penalties or, you know, oh, Mason Cole got blown up. Like, if that happened, we would know. Vikings Twitter would know if, if that happened. They would they would blow that up and post that clip everywhere. And that didn't happen. Um, so... What I think is going to happen is they're going to put Bradbury back because, you know, he's the first-round pick and blah, 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 blah. But what they should probably do is give Mason Cole uh, another opportunity next week to see what he can do Um, because it didn't look thick. If there was any difference, it didn't seem like there was, and if there was, it was positive. Did you – did you – what do you think about all this? Yeah, that was someone I was keeping an eye out for. I was wondering how it was going to affect the offensive line. And I'm very glad to say that I'm not disappointed. I didn't hear much from him, and that's exactly what you want from your offensive line. The more you hear about him, you know, unless it's them pancaking someone, it's probably bad news. And a couple other linemen got some holding calls, some penalties, and uh, Ola Ayuda got hurt, which was really tough to watch. Who went in for him? Did I even notice? Did White Blake Brandle. Blake Brandle. What? Our tackle. Not not our not not our guard that we drafted in the third round, Wyatt what? Davis. What? Our tackle, Blake Brandle. <laughs> that's that's the one. What? What are we doing? Uh I don't even know. I didn't even notice that. I, maybe I was just too mad already that they the Ravens scored twenty one straight points. Um what was another positive that you had? You know, I I'm pretty sure we talked about Nick Kenne Nwangwu, but it's 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 worth mentioning again just because when you come out and you make an explosive play like that so that's that's awesome that that was amazing to see that was the first time they had a kick return since like 2016 the vikings that was his so that second, breaks a long streak of that was his second second career kick return yes that was his second because the first was return. earlier in the game yeah yeah and he you saw him on the sidelines and you saw the, like the kicker getting closer than him and i'm like oh that kicker doesn't have a chance like mm. Wong was gone um, then he had that. Fast. Then he had that fake punt where he got mm-hmm. the ball and got a first down. I like this kid. Um, the rookie snaps everyone was wanting this. Right, see. we were just like get these people out on the field because we already know where we are as a team with the veterans we have. 
let's see what we can do with a younger talent. Because, yeah, what, Cam Bynum, he was on the field today because Harrison Smith went on the COVID list. Cause got an interception today. He tested positive. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, he got an interception. I don't think – I think he had a penalty later in the game. But he didn't make, like, major rookie mistakes. Like, he – like, you look at someone like Cam Dancer last year, he looked pretty – like Cam Bynum looked pretty good today, uh, as mm-hmm. far as filling in for Harrison Smith at the last minute. You know, he probably found out this morning that he's going to be starting. He's like, "Oh, cool!" Against Lamar Jackson, great. Um, but yeah, that was one of my positives. Cam Cam Bynum coming up with that interception. He almost returned it for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that's good to know that there's at least some depth at safety if Harrison Smith or Xavier Woods gets hurt. Because I think if you look at how Cam Bynum performed in the preseason, it wasn't too encouraging um, with how he performed. And maybe that was a product of the players that he was on the field with. You know, maybe that was because he was with a bunch of backups and today he got to, you know, play with a bunch of non-backups with the, the, the first team guys. Um, let's see. As far as there's also Dalvin go. Cook had a really good run too. Like he, he had did. a really good game today. He only had a limited amount of touches, but it could have been better because it's had over a hundred yards again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he only had two catches, so that's that's, that's good. Don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> don't want to um, get the ball into your playmaker's hands. That might actually win you some games, and you'll yeah. have expectations. So. You, you decide to pay a running back, but you don't want to give him the ball. That's always good. I'm sure he's fine. He's like, I'm still getting paid a good amount of money. Whatever. You don't want to give me the ball. That's fine. And I'm not going to fault people for, I'm not going to fault having Madison out there. I know he was ineffective with his touches, but at the same time, if you're going to have a running back like Dalvin Cook, you do want to ease his workload a bit. I didn't mind the change of pace rule they had in there because it wasn't enough to put the Vikings under. It's not like it was a shootout game and they're like, oh, we need to give Dalvin a break. It was, we need to give him a break and it wasn't anything crazy. So the fact that people are going to blame like that would kind of be weird to me. But, yeah. Oh well. What I what I didn't like before we, I guess going back to the negatives was the was it like they're driving down the field. The Vikings are trying to tie. It was like three minutes or two minutes to go, and they're handing the ball off, um, trying to drive down the whole field, and they're handing the ball off. It turned out okay, but at the same time, I'm like, you're trying to make sure that one, you're not trying to burn the clock because you're losing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to make sure you have time on uh, to score. And they're handing the ball off. What? Uh, I we got to get off this subject because this is going to make me even more frustrated. As far as positives go, let's see. Oh, but yeah, Dalvin and, Cook looked great. Is yeah, what we're yeah, trying to yeah, get. Yeah, at. yeah. <laughs> he could have looked. He could have looked better. Um, we met, you mentioned Anthony's Anthony Barr's play in overtime earlier. His mm-hmm. interception, great play. Coaches love. Like Vikings coaches love to talk about how he makes. All these plays that don't show up on the stat sheet. Well, today he made a play that will show up on the stat sheet. Um, and the Vikings did absolutely nothing with it. So, that was good. But I think his return uh, has been good. It's, you, I think I feel like we you can definitely notice a difference in the Vikings defense as far as doesn't seem to be as many, like, maybe plays where guys don't know where they're supposed to be. Which... He's a huge force to this defense, and and you can see that his presence has made a difference because despite not having Daniil Hunter, Harrison Smith, Patrick Peterson, Breland went down, and Michael Pierce 
Yeah. You're, you're missing these pieces, and that defense still hung in there throughout all 60 minutes of that game, even though it kind of lost some control there at the end. They still held in there with that Ravens offense for as long as they could. They just didn't get any support, so they wore down. But it's really great to see that defense gel together like that in a big yeah. moment like that, too. So you just mentioned those players that are out, those five players or whatever. Do you give Mike Zimmer a pass for not having arguably what those are like some of the best players on their defense. Daniel Hunter is probably the best five of the top seven players on that defense on the whole team. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Do you give Mike Zimmer a pass? I don't because the defense was not the issue. It was the offense, the entire game. And they still held through at the end, even though they let the Ravens crawl back very slowly. It was in overtime where Anthony Barr was like, no, Mm -hmm. no, no. We're turning over the ball now. Mm -hmm. The defense got you the ball when it mattered the most Mm -hmm. and is still just three and out in overtime. So I got to shout out the defense. And no, the defense doesn't buy Zimmer any credibility (laughs) for a failing offense, which has showed everything it needs to do. So do you, I don't know. I keep seeing people blaming like Mike Zimmer for the offense, but. I, we just don't know, I feel like, how much of an influence he has on the offense. And I feel like he's kind of taken a lot of the criticism for... I know Clint Kubiak's getting criticism, but I think Mike... I feel like Mike Zimmer's getting a lot of the criticism for the play of the offense. And I'm like, you guys know he calls plays for the defense, right? Like, why are we... Are you someone who's putting blame on, on Mike Zimmer for the performance of the offense? I feel like you can put blame on him for some of the game management stuff, like timeouts and stuff, 12 guys being on the field, mm-hmm. um, and some of the defensive you know, mishaps. But how much blame for the offense does Mike Zimmer deserve when he – we don't really know how much influence he has on it, if any. That I, That's the where it, that's where it kind of gets me, though, is because he's the head coach. Yeah, it's he is. his team, and if it's failing and you're watching it fail – it doesn't say, well, I'm not the one calling plays. Right, it's right, right. it's your team. Take control of it. Mm-hmm. So even if it is bad on baby Kubiak's part, it doesn't matter at this baby point. Kubiak. You need to take control and run your team, Mike. That's why we're paying you to be yeah. the head coach. Not You're not a defensive coordinator. You're not. Yeah. you got to run a team. And it, he's just simply not doing it. I think he's learning that hiring someone who... Didn't really have a lot of coaching experience. I think Kubiak, little Kubiak, had like five or six years in the NFL, and not being a ever being a play caller probably wasn't the best decision. They probably should have gone out and got someone who was an offensive coordinator before, has been a play caller. They even have guys on their staff that have done that before. Because um, you look at, you can say, oh, Kevin Stefanski wasn't a play caller. Yeah, but he was an assistant with the Vikings for like 14, 13 years. So he knew he knew what Mike Zimmer wanted. He knew like he worked with Brad Childress in the past. He worked with you know Pat Shermer in the past. North Turner like he was around a lot of those guys. Clint Kubiak's been around what his dad. Basically, yeah. Um, so I didn't hear much about him. Until, I didn't even know he existed until it was Clint Kubiak's taking over as the Vikings offense right. coordinator. I was like, oh, okay. I and guess I think, that's the way we're gonna go. I think the point was to keep the offense pretty similar to what it was last year and the year before, which it seems like it is, but the person calling the plays, not calling the right ones. He's scared. He's scared. He's playing. He's calling these short plays. And I also saw one 
uh, Vikings analyst. I can't remember who it was, so I'm sorry. I can't credit them for this. <laughs> but they showed that there was a slow developing play that had three routes downfield. But on this play where they were sending the blitz because the Ravens knew it was working, there was no underneath little short route to relieve the pressure of if yep. a blitz is coming in your face. There wasn't one. So yep. it's just it's it's simply just this is looking at the way plays are designed and the way plays are being called and the way plays are being looked at like, hey, these are your reads. It's you're not getting those downfield looks that you should be getting. And it's costing the Vikings so much. Yeah, when I mentioned screens in the past to Dalvin Cook, when you're playing a team like the Ravens that blitzes as much as they do, a screen pass to the running back is a perfect play call. Like, you get all those guys in the backfield, and then you got Dalvin Cook with, like, three offensive linemen in front of him to go against, like, two cornerbacks. Like, why? We didn't see that at all today against a, a Ravens team that blitzes, like, every other down. Like, yeah, the play calling... I'm going to be curious to see, like, what are the Vikings' options, I guess, when it comes to play calling is, is in terms of who could take it over because I don't know if they have any experienced play callers on their coaching staff. They had Rick Dennison, but he, he can't come in the building, can't go in the stadium because uh, he didn't get his uh, COVID vaccine. Um, but all the other guys on their staff, offensive staff, don't really have experience calling plays either. So they're kind of left with Clint Kubiak. Um, and I think it just comes down yeah. to like a mindset change, maybe a scheme change of just like, look for the plays downfield. Look for those explosive plays. Yeah. Because it's, it's not like the short game is going to always be there. Like it's every team has a short game. It's what can you do downfield? And we have the weapons. It's yeah. it's just, you know, looking at these plays from a philosophical point of like, okay, if you don't see this one, then go to your next play, which is like a short one. It's like, no, look for deeper plays. Like if you have to change your progressions or if you have to change the way you're looking at the play, fine. But sending Jefferson downfield just because you can and having a purposeful play of getting Jefferson open downfield is a totally different thing. Yeah. So you got to make those plays where it's like, we're going to focus on getting Jefferson open downfield as our priority on this rather than just he's an option downfield. Yeah, he's a really good route runner. And I feel like that's not being used this year really at all to the Vikings advantage. He's a big physical threat and he finished the game with five targets. <laughs> five targets today. And the, the 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 Vikings will come back, her cousins will come back and be like, oh, it, it was pressure and it was uh, coverage. And it's like, no, no, it wasn't. Like, th th that's not what it was. Um, meanwhile, the Vikings' next opponent, the Chargers, they're tied right now, 24-24, with two minutes to go in the fourth quarter with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, so, you know, I would like to say that's encouraging but until the Vikings figure out a way to not only win the game, but like get a lead and hold on to it, my confidence level in this team is 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 getting pretty low. Um, and the Chargers' offense has just been—it's been working. It just hasn't been the way it could be. Like they're up twenty-four points right now, but they've had a couple disappointing games this year, right? So yeah. it's not even out of the realm of possibility that the Vikings could beat the Chargers, which would be huge for them. It's just, are they going to be able to have a game plan that can stick, that mm -hmm. can actually get them to In a two win halves. And finish all 60 minutes? Yes, exactly. Yeah. We need a full 60 minutes on that field. 
it's it's frustrating. It's just like I'm trying to think back over the season like this. Do you remember when uh, was it the first year Donovan McNabb uh, was with the Vikings? Were you were you a fan of the Vikings by then? No, it was. I do not remember that far. Unfortunately, that was uh, I want to say it's 2011. That was the year they drafted Christian Ponder and um, Donovan McNabb post his Eagles career. I don't just remember. I just don't remember anything from. That's probably that's probably for the best. Um, But he started like it is. I have a high value for Donovan (laughs) McNabb. He started like the first five games of the year for the Vikings, and they lost like all their losses in those first couple games were like within the last minute or two of uh, a game, and it just it just feels similar where it's like, oh, they got the lead, doesn't matter, doesn't matter, because you could you could go in like the half next week against the Chargers, have a lead, touchdown, two touchdowns. They got Justin Herbert, that, they can come back in the second half, like. What it just seems like the Vikings are like, oh, we're ahead the second half, so we can just play conservative. We don't have to do much. It's like, no, these guys can score touchdowns in like five seconds, so it doesn't. It's not going to work. Like the Vikings' and, offense needs gas if they're going to win games. That's that's simply all it is. Is they need to start accelerating and and they have through. the gas. They're just like on cruise control. Mm-hmm. Like Basically. they're not, yeah, they're not, they don't, they're not putting their foot on the gas or letting the the car just go. They're in neutral or whatever. Then when you have a hill come your way, you're just creeping up that hill super, yeah. super, super slowly. It's like you're going to get to the end of the game, but it's like, how do you want to get there? Do you want to yeah. fly through like a badass, or are you going to do this little like milk toast Vikings run here? Yeah, it's disappointing. And then I look at a team like today, like the the Cardinals, who don't have Kyler Murray or DeAndre Hopkins or JJ Watt. And right now they're up thirty-one to fourteen on the 49ers on the road. Um, so it's just like, oh, what a nice, nice feeling that must be to be like, oh, all of our best players are out, and we're still winning by two touchdowns. <laughs> we're watching teams that have schemes that it's like, regardless if someone's missing, the scheme is still there. You still have to play that three D chess. We just have some different personnel in there. Whereas with the Vikings, it's like, man, if Kirk Cousins went down, this whole thing would fall apart. And it's already not doing much. It's it's interesting to see the kind of stability that teams have built in their organizations and on their sides of the ball that the Vikings might they seem to be lacking at a fundamental like situ at a fundamental level. Before we get out of here, do you think Mike Zimmer makes it to the end of the season? I think out of respect, Mike Zimmer makes it to the end of the season, but oof, I'm not gonna rule out him being gone earlier. And maybe then just maybe saying, something comes out where like uh, reports like um, the Vikings have settled like you know a deal or whatever where Mike Zimmer is just going to be done at the end of the season and it comes out with like two games to go or something. You probably see that mutually right? agreed to part ways, probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, yeah. I don't think it's going to happen during the season. I think like they got to get blown out by the Lions or something for that to happen. Um, and this the. The, the disappointing thing is this team is competitive, but just not good enough to get the win. Like all these games are close, but when you're this, when you're close this close every week, it comes down to coaching. Um, and good teams find a way to win the close games, and they're just not finding a way. Look at, so look they're at, finding look the at, opposite. Look across the sideline at John Harbaugh. How many close games has he won because of his decision making? Mm-hmm. You know, he does have Lamar Jackson. Great. But there's he's made a lot of decisions in the past without Lamar Jackson. Uh, they won a Super Bowl um, with him 
where you know it's just wouldn't be surprised see, if they win another either. Right, you can just see the night and day difference in the coaching on on each sideline today, and it's disappointing. Um, that's all I got for today. I could go on for a <laughs> long time, but we have lives to get to. Uh, where can people follow you on Twitter, Elliot? Yeah, it's just Elliot Knopp on Twitter, E-L-L-I-O-T-T-K-N-O-P-P. For sure, go follow him. Go check out his stuff on the Viking Age. I'm sure he'll probably have something to vent about this week on there. Um, go follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But until next time, we will talk to you later. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.